Welcome to the Eat Out podcast, an extension of our Facebook communities, bringing together food lovers from all over Spain and beyond to share the best places to eat and drink. I'm Valentina, your host, and I cannot wait for you to listen to what I have in store. I hope you're not hungry. In this season's episodes, I will be talking to our community members and business owners in Madrid about who they are, why they have a passion for food, and how they are coping during the coronavirus outbreak and much more. On today's episode, I'm joined by Zota Peda and Andrea Cuevas, the ladies behind Eat Experience Madrid, who organize social dinners and cooking classes in their home, along with online virtual classes with a twist. Find out how their Italian and Bolivian roots have inspired their love for food and cooking, with a focus on sharing it with other human beings, believing that food is a bridge between people and that strangers can come together over dinner and leave as great friends. Hello, ladies. Hi, Hi. Hello. How are you both? We're doing good, despite everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, we're good. Thank you. You? I am very good. Thank you for asking. So tell us a little bit about yourselves, where you're from, what you do, and more about Experience Madrid. Okay, um, I'll start. This is Andrea. I'm from Bolivia. I've been in Madrid for five years now. Actually, it's five and eight. It was five in April. And Isotta is from Italy. And well, we're married. So when we got married, the thing that united us was food was something that was very (laughs) important to both of us. And so Experience Madrid came pretty much naturally from that from putting our, our culinary love into action. Isota can speak more about it. Yes. <laughs> First of all, thank you for uh, having us here. As Andrea was saying, she's Bolivian, I'm Italian, and in our families is really this culture of giving love through food is something that we have always experimented. And we love food and we love also high quality food. So our first date was actually Andrea brought me in a place where she thought that they had the best Spanish cheesecake in Madrid. And so our relationship is around these sort of things. And so we decided to build a business around the love for food. And this is why Experience Madrid was born, because we wanted to share this passion with other people, not only our circle of friends or family. This was the the root. Yes. (laughs) The root of the cause. Now, that's a great kind of concept to have, is to create a business around something that you love. And if it can be food, then even better. Now, for those people that are listening, I hope that you're not hungry because (laughs) on these podcast episodes, we do talk a lot about food. We're going to be learning a lot about what Isotta likes to cook, what they have at their social dinner. So if you are listening and you're hungry right now, grab a snack because you might start to feel your mouth watering with what we're about to talk about. I'm just putting that out there. (laughs) So Isotta, you are a chef and I want to know how you got to this point in your life where all you wanted to do was cook. This is fun because I always wanted to cook. But when I was younger, I decided to go to the cooking school. But in Italy, you have to decide which high school you want to take when you are 13. And the cooking school was a little bit far from my parents' home. I was very young. I was very lazy. And so I decided to 
choose science because it was five minutes walking from my parents' home. And so my life took a completely different course. And so I went to the university, I studied translation interpreting, but I've never left the food. I was always the one who was cooking at home, sharing apartments with the flatmates during the university. And I always enjoyed cooking and I always practicing by myself and studying recipes and improving my techniques. But it was only two years ago, more or less, really? when um, I lost my job in a um, travel agency. And Andrea told me, okay, wait a minute, maybe now you have the chance to do something related to food, as apparently is your biggest passion. And uh, mm-hmm. she was right. And so, yes, uh, I took a moment to think and uh, I started directly with the social dinners. Because uh, working in a restaurant or open a restaurant wasn't something that it was my biggest dream because I really wanted the connection with people. And working in the kitchen in a restaurant wouldn't give me the possibility to share moments with the guests. Right. And so yeah. we discovered the world of social dinners. We started, yes, with only with social dinners. And then uh, I thought that also I love to teach too because it's been a, I've been an Italian teacher during Mm -hmm. years and I thought that teaching how to cook teaching your passion it can be even better than only show and share your passion so we started adding also cooking classes and all these activities wow so you have really built a business here in just a very short space of time (laughs) with your passions for food now There's a lot of people that are going to be listening to this that maybe are listening a year after when we're actually recording this. And obviously right now we are in a lockdown here in Madrid. It's coming up to the start of week number seven. Now we're going to talk a little bit about how you've adapted during this time, but tell everyone what your social dinners are, how many people, what can people expect if they were to come to your house, because that's where you do your social dinners, what kind of experience will they get when they come to one of your social dinners? Maybe Andrea will help me to explain it <laughs> in English. And yes, the fact is we host dinners for small groups from one to up to six people. And the idea is to get the possibility to people who don't know each other to sit around the same table and enter in our homes or in our lives and spend two, three hours together enjoying high quality food and talking because then of course you talk because you're eating (laughs) around the table with other people and it's very, very nice because always everything starts with talks about food but then you discover that in a really short time you are talking like you can talk with your friends and it, this is the best because you come here and you are a stranger and I mean this happened with you too when you came yeah okay we are completely strangers we always start with the toast because drinking always help <laughs> of course of course <laughs> and then you start talking and just talk 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 and the end you leave and you feel like okay I'm not sure if I've just spent an evening with my friends or what because it's like the feeling that you have and of course the service and the food are high quality because this was the principal focus <laughs> yeah no I remember when I came we didn't actually know each other we never met each other before and I actually thought to myself I'm going to somebody's house by myself <laughs> 
<laughs> to have dinner. This is a strange thing to a lot of people, but I can tell you that as soon as I walked in, I felt really welcome. And it got to a point that I think was very early, probably just after the toast, probably after the alcohol started. <laughs> that it was like we were talking to each other that we'd known each other for ages. And that is something you just cannot replicate in a restaurant. Yes, exactly. This is the point why we created Experience Madrid. This was the things that we loved feeling and living. We thought that many people could enjoy this kind of human relationship. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Especially creating an experience because restaurants have been existing for a really long time and everybody can go to a restaurant, but this is different. This is creating an experience, especially for people who are away from home and sometimes yes, need to feel that family feeling or that very friendly feeling of... And that someone cooks something only for you. Yes. This is another yes. that I love of working with small groups because the the ingredients that you buy, the care that you put in the cooking process, then it's only for one, two, three, five people. We want people feeling that they're special and they are because uh, if not, we wouldn't dedicate so much time to a few people. I completely felt that when, when I came to your house. Now tell me a little bit about how it works. I know that, Isotto, you are the one that is making most of the savory dishes, yeah. but I do know that Andrea loves baking. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the roles in the kitchen <laughs> for a social dinner. Okay, so basically Isotta sources everything. She buys everything and she cooks it and I make the dessert. Mm -hmm. But then all the cleaning, <laughs> the setting up the table, everything, that's what I do. So it's pretty 50-50 because I would say that the hardest part is definitely cooking everything mm. but then there's a lot of like busy work that I do uh, the dessert usually doesn't take me that long because baking is a lot quicker than cooking yeah but especially if it's a five course meal which is what Isota usually does uh, <laughs> so it doesn't take as long so I usually just take care of the dirty part of cleaning up yeah but it's up. not completely true because we love also mixing the flavors and mm. so present something that usually is a dessert and presenting it like a side dish and Andrea it's a huge part of this because sometimes I'm not that good with the sweet things <laughs> and the sweat. Uh -huh. and so I may have an idea but then if this idea involves mixing desserts with savory flavors it's where Andrea can please help me because this is my idea but the result it's not the one I want and she takes my idea and she makes it a reality yeah I think it has to do with the fact that I'm very precise and baking is very precise and he's got mm -hmm. that is it's not precise it's not <laughs> precise <laughs> no she improvises and she makes she doesn't really have like written recipes for everything it's just things that come out of her soul I smell and exactly she smells she tastes I feel exactly but you know what I think that's a great concept to have I mean I definitely am more of an isotta type person in the kitchen I really don't like recipes I don't like being told what to do so I gather what I need what it tells me I need to have and then I'm like okay I'll just put this in and that in. But then that's why I'm not a good baker because you have to be yes. concise with the ingredients. If you put too much flour in, it's a completely different dish, you know? Exactly. So no, I completely <laughs> see where you're both coming. I can see it's a lot of teamwork that goes on yes. in this. Yeah. Who does the cleaning after? Oh, my question. Yes, Andrea most of the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it's a good balance between Isota cooking all day because it's usually... Uh, okay, all day. all day, yeah. I talk a lot. So 
you know, here there is many things to collect and if we want to not be cleaning until 3 a.m., sometimes we need, one of us needs to start cleaning something when people are still here. And I want to talk so I can sit and talk like hours <laughs> with the guests. And Andrea sometimes is like, okay, I would do it because if I wait for her, we will do this at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. So... <laughs> No, I completely, I'm very much of a talker as well. And I hate cleaning. Luckily, my husband, it loves washing dishes. So well, you like, can send him here. Yeah, yeah we could, I could send him there. And yeah, you could have an extra helper. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about the kind of food that you are putting in front of your guests? What can people expect in terms of flavors? Where is the dishes coming from? Do you have certain menus? Let us know about that. Well, they're mostly a mix. I'd say they're very Mediterranean because mm-hmm. obviously Isotta is Italian. So she's based in Italian cooking, but it's not 100% traditional. She likes to mix up flavors. And since I'm Bolivian, she's discovered a few ingredients from not only Bolivia, but uh, South America or Latin America in general. And so she likes to mix it up with that as well. She's also obviously influenced with Spanish food, so she'll try to include some of that in our menus. Mm-mm. Right now, we have five menus in yes. our website. I would say they're a mix. Maybe we have one that's very traditional Italian, but even the way that we serve it is yes, not traditional. Me, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, this is true. It's like every menu means something for us. It's something typical from where I am in Italy or something born from a moment that we share together or that I share with some friends here in Madrid and yes but the base is Mediterranean the most and then we usually have the appetizer because for an Italian it's sometimes more important than the dinner really? <laughs> yes for us I think that in Italy they invented the aperisena aperidinner <laughs> I think so it's something that you don't actually have a dinner but it's a huge appetizer ah uh, yes for us it's amazing we also have appetizer before for lunch and these things so we always have like uh, three small things to eat during the appetizer moment and then one or two um, starters one main and a dessert and the dessert is perfect because Andrea makes every dessert and so we ensure that the end of the dinner is perfect and of course we have lots of wine in the middle yes. between every course or water <laughs> or other drinks depending on, on what you like that's incredible that you have that many menus that much there's so much variety so that people can not necessarily choose exactly what they want, but they can have different experiences with you both based on the passions that you have and the connection you have to your menu. So Yes, and of course, if you need to make some changes, there's no problem. I mean, the menu are fixed, but then you like the fish-based menu, but you can't uh, eat some ingredients. Okay, you can readapt the menu based on your need. No, I think that's great because a lot of the times people go to restaurants and they may be allergic to certain ingredients or not like certain ingredients and sometimes restaurants can be really accommodating and other times they're really not I mean sometimes the restaurants are too big they're catering to too many people and they can't be as accommodating to your needs so although I'm very for going out to restaurants having an experience like this where you can go out to somebody else's home and still have that dining experience just more tailored to you I think that's something that is 
is really important here. And it being intimate, tailored, and as you said, going to a friend's house, but you've never met before. (laughs) Yes. It's the craziest thing about this whole experience. Now, of course, we are, as I mentioned, in a lockdown right now. So your social dinners are not going ahead. How have you adapted during this time to still continue to offer what you do, but in a different way? Basically, the lockdown opened our mind in something that we didn't think about before. And we started, I think that maybe we are between the first people doing this, at least here in Spain, because we started organizing, we can call it cooking, online cooking class, but it's not the traditional cooking class because Mm -hmm. what we do is helping people stuck at home uh, and people who have random ingredients, they don't know how to use it. They contact us, they send us the list of the ingredients they have, and we create recipe for them. It can be for cooking or for baking. And then through a video call, we guide them through the cooking process. And so we stay with them. We actually don't cook most of the time, but we pay attention to people and guide them step by step until the meal is ready. And this was born not only to help them with the problem of helping people who can't or has some problem cooking alone, but also it became a way to connect with their friends or family because we started doing the same session, but with multiple connections. I mean, you connect with us in a session and your sister in another city joined the same session and your cousin too. And so you cook all together following our instructions and once the meal is ready Andrea and I leave the video call and you eat and enjoy the rest of the evening with your family and I really love this it's something new for us too but it's amazing and now this is the only thing that we can do to carry on our job I mean you're definitely continuing the social dinner experience be it online and of course online events and different ways you can connect with people on Online are huge right now. So it's a great time to take advantage of that software. And if it means that people that are based in different cities or even different countries yes. that are your friends or your family that can come together and still eat together in a weird kind of way, that's really great. And they can all be eating the same thing and they can also learn at the same time. So it's a whole kind of experience. It's not just eating and connecting with people. It's, it's learning and obviously meeting you as well. And yeah, it keeps you busy because yeah. it keeps your brain going with creating recipes. I know for me here, I definitely have things in the fridge. I open the fridge some days and I think, what can I make with this? I have like a random piece of cheese, (laughs) an egg, you know, there are things to make. And I think this is a great opportunity for people to get into cooking if they are not into it already. And even if you're not a good cook or you're an amazing cook, there's always more to learn with cooking. And the fact that you can help them with your expertise and bring them together is just, as I said, it's a whole experience. I think that's really what we're craving right now is the connection with other people and experiencing things that we're going to then remember for the rest of our lives. Yes, the most incredible thing that we did in this kind of session was actually a surprise birthday party 
for a guy who lives in Panama with friends and family in the US and in Europe and he didn't know anything and his fiance organized everything we met in this video call and he discovered that okay his best friends and his family their parents everybody was connected and they cooked together and it's not like a, a super serious cooking class I mean there's space to always drink something and some laugh talking and then at the end we left them and they were like eating the same meal and sharing the cooking and then the party together I think it's great and not only during the quarantine because I've been in Madrid seven years now and I never thought okay maybe I can meet my best friend in Singapore with our other best friend in Berlin and do something like this and we should keep doing it I think yeah I think it's definitely opened us up to different ways we can do things in our lives in general and I think we always knew that we could connect with people in other places but we didn't ever think about it too much yeah we kind of relied on our friends and connections that were close to us but really anyone can be close there's the means to do it and I'm actually thinking about who I can connect with and cooking I mean it could be something very simple you know it doesn't have to be anything very difficult because I know that lots of people have different abilities within the kitchen yeah but we can always found like something good for everybody and uh, we enjoy teaching okay you can take one more moment for one person who needs more and then uh, it's adaptable yeah, and that, that's what I love about it. Now, we're talking about cooking. We're talking about being at home. And I'm sure you'll agree that it gets to a point when you're at home that sometimes you don't want to cook. I know that I feel this way. I don't know about you. I mean, yeah. you're cooking every day. Do you ever find that? There's a day where you just don't want to cook? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and usually we would then go out to restaurants or grab food elsewhere. And I think at this point in time, a lot of people, they're not as motivated to cook compared to the beginning of the lockdown. Do you have any advice to give to people who are craving the food of their favorite restaurants at this time and how they can maybe replicate it or I don't know, some sort of advice coming from you who cooks every single day? What would you say to yes. people? Uh, my advice is this, to find many, many restaurants now are sharing their recipe because of this, this situation. And so they want their customer to try cooking the same plates that they would eat if they could go in their favorite restaurants and I'm following this advice too the same advice that I'm giving you I'm following it and uh, I had no clue about how doing it and then I found an app called Velada with V mm-hmm. they actually talk about restaurants and they share the recipes from these restaurants and this is really inspiring because many huge chefs in Madrid are sharing their recipes in a way a little bit in the simple way and so you can say okay let's try being my favorite chef in Madrid and uh, it's really nice it's like challenging but also it's amazing you always go to a restaurant and then you found out that maybe you can cook this plate and it doesn't mean that you won't come back because it's not the same experience but I would do this and also we are creating a list of places where we want to go we know that we will go once the quarantine is over 
together. And in some places, we already purchased like the... The gift cards? Yeah, the, yes, the, the gift cards. Mm, yeah, the gift cards. Yeah, mm. so if people are listening and don't know about the gift cards, some restaurants here in Madrid are, are kind of giving you the option to purchase a meal in advance to a certain yeah. amount so that when we can go out, you go straight to those places. And just like the recipes, I think this is a great way to stay connected with your favorite places and to keep it fresh in your mind that that was one of your favorite places because I can imagine when we can go out people are just going to be craving so many different things they're not going to know what they really want (laughs) yeah they're going to want everything so by connecting with people and enabling them to maybe cook one of the dishes that they love at home that will remind them ah yes this is why I loved it I must go back here so I think it's a great idea and the dishes may not be exactly the same to what you're used to in the restaurant but you can get pretty close to it yeah (laughs) and that's the beauty of having restaurants again you're not cooking same as coming to your social dinners the people listening aren't cooking and we really do encourage if you can at this time to support people as you said by purchasing gift cards maybe some of them are offering delivery or even rating your favorite places on google or tripadvisor or facebook or wherever they have their social presence so that when things do get back to normal people that are looking for places to go they will see experience madrid for example and be like i must go and try this place people are raving about it I love the pictures. I love what they're doing. So yeah, please continue to support the food and drink industry at this time. If you need to have any recipes made for you by Isotta and Andrea, if you look in your fridge and you think, what can I make with this? They are your ladies. So get in touch with those. Now, as we wrap up today, I'd like to know from the both of you, what is your favorite place to eat out in the city and why? Now, you may have more than one. That's fine. I'd be interested to know, do you have the same place as your favorites or different? Andrea, go first. Yeah, we basically go to the same places when we go out to eat most of the time. We usually get tacos, Mm. we get pizza, and we get burgers. And when we get tacos, we go to Tacos al Pastor. Uh When we go get pizza, this is going to be, okay, Isata's going to interrupt me in a bit, but we we (laughs) used to go to Nap. Love Nap. We're super faithful to Nap. For burgers, we like to experiment. So we've been to like a few places. Goico, I think is our favorite, Yes, I would say. Uh But now we discovered Fratelli Figurato which yes, is the trattoria not the pizzeria exactly. in Alonso Caro <laughs> uh, trattoria popular is a pizza place but they have their own restaurant which is trattoria Popolare. And right before the quarantine, we became huge fans and we went like a couple of times and they make incredible pasta. The service is incredible. They treat you like family. Everything was incredible. So they give you free limoncello at the end. As Ooh, in, yeah. yeah, every trattoria in Italy, it's like, ah, yes, a good espresso. And then they invite me to a limoncello. It's like, Mwah. it's like the icing on the cake for the <laughs> yes. experience. Now, if Isotta says that an Italian place is good, you need to listen to her. (laughs) I like to take recommendations from, especially in Madrid, because we're such an international group of people. If somebody from the country where they're going to and the restaurant is from that country, if they say it's good, I'm going to go there. Unfortunately, 
in Madrid, there aren't many restaurants that are British, so it's difficult for me to recommend. But Andrea, is there any Bolivian restaurants here that you could recommend? Or? There are a couple in Usera, mm. which is where our Bolivian community is very strong. I haven't had the best experiences in Bolivian restaurants, so I, I wouldn't be able to recommend one specific restaurant. Okay. But you can always come home here. <laughs> I can cook Bolivian plates. <laughs> there you go. That is the best answer that you can give to that. Isotta, what about you? Favorite restaurants? I agree with Andrea. I would add that our favorite places sometimes change from year to year. Some years ago, we always went to La Saletta, another Italian place in Mercado de Anton Martin, and it's still great. We still think that it's one of our favorites, but then, you know, we have like season. Okay, this year or these six months, we always go there. In terms of experience like the most incredible food I ever had in Madrid, it is in uh, Chalacabula, a place where they experiment, they fusion a lot. It's... I don't know, Andrea, please help me. I would say it's very experimental food. They like to mix Mediterranean with Asian, with Latin flavors. Wow, but it's, awesome. it's an incredible mix of flavors. They have, I think they have two menus. And if I'm not mistaken, they're both like surprise menus. So you don't really know what you're going to get served. Oh, that's interesting. And it's, I think, even just like the experience, the food, everything the sir, was perfect. The service, the service. It's great. If you want to be treated like a queen, you can go there. And uh, yes, and experience the blind menu. It's amazing. I must add that to my list. Every time I speak to people on the podcast, I have to add things to my list. <laughs> what you're saying about the experience and the service, I think it's really important. It really is isn't just about the food. Now, having good food is obviously a big part of it. But when I go to restaurants, I'm looking at how is the service? What is the atmosphere like? What is the presentation like? And then, of course, you're looking at the price as well of things. So it is, again, an experience, a different type of experience in a restaurant to what you're offering because you're really creating an intimate social dining experience. But there is just so much to consider to go and eat out. And I think a lot of people don't always realize that. But maybe now that we've been inside for quite a while, we're going to really kind of think about what our priorities are and really kind of value going out, first of all, and having food that is not being cooked by us and really enjoying that experience so much more, I think. Absolutely. Hopefully, very soon, we'll be able to do that. I want to wrap things up. I know a lot of people are probably thinking, how can we get in contact with Andrea and Isotto and Experience Madrid? Do you have a website, social channels? Let us know. So our Instagram is at Experience Madrid and our website is experience.s. We also have a Facebook page, Experience Madrid on Facebook. You can get in touch with us on any of those and we will get back to you always. <laughs> you can always find us in the great community that Valentina built eat in Madrid <laughs> eat in eat out eat eat everything we're just always talking about food and Isotto and Andrea are very active on social media so please get in touch with them and they'll be more than willing to get back to you and what I'll do is I'll put all those links in the show notes of this podcast so people can get in contact with you but thank you so much ladies for joining me today and I hope to see you in person very soon thank you thank you so much thank you for all the great things that you're doing for our communities and for the professional in our industry thank you thank you so much no thank you for your support I really appreciate it okay I hope to see you soon <laughs> bye bye Bye.
I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. If you did, please share this with your friends and family. In the meantime, if you're not already part of our communities on Facebook, feel free to join us at facebook.com forward slash eatoutglobal where you'll find all the links to the six different groups we have in Spain to connect with other food lovers and share your favorite places to eat and drink in these cities. Speaking of which, I'm getting hungry, so I'll see you next time. Thank you.